Well, welcome to our next edition of the Moorlands Church podcast. And rather than having uh, me and Danny for this conversation, we've got a special guest with us, Carl Matai, um, who's visiting from uh, Sydney in Australia. Carl's with me now. Um, Carl, I'd love you just to introduce yourself and tell us uh, who you are. Thanks, Joe. And I probably should apologise for the accent right up front, shouldn't I? Thank you for being so gracious and understanding of my convict accent. Uh, my name is Carl Matai. I serve students at the University of New South Wales by teaching them that Jesus is the most important person in the world. Uh, I'm married to Jenny and we have four children between the ages of 24 and 18. But by far the most, I, I, I love those things, being married to Jenny and being the father of four great kids. But by far the most important part of my identity is that I've been saved by Jesus. And I now live in relationship with him and serve him and that is the greatest privilege of all for any of us. And Carl, it's been a great privilege having you here in Lancaster. You've been spending a few days with us in different contexts, talking to our student leaders, talking to our staff team, uh, doing an event last night uh, with our students, Campus Bible Talk, um, and now this podcast. And we just wanted to get to know you a little bit, but also uh, your ministry over in Sydney and what drives that ministry and how we can uh, be encouraged by, by what you're doing there. Um, and also just to remind us of our vision here as we seek to reach uh, students in our city. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about Sydney and the student ministry there, just to set the context. What's it like where you're ministering in Sydney? Yeah, uh, we're, we're very blessed in Sydney. Um, God has been very kind to us. There are quite a few churches that teach the Bible pretty well. Um, we're, I guess... I think we've probably been blessed with Bible teaching churches and evangelical ministries perhaps more than anywhere else in the world. So what, what a privilege that has been. But I guess with the privilege comes a responsibility, how we are loving others and serving others with the, the good news of the gospel and how that evangelical blessing we've received might be shared with uh, others who've been perhaps uh, less blessing in other parts of the world. Mm. Um, and we're going to get into that a little bit, not just uh, ministering the gospel to those in your location, but also how that influences uh, the spread of the gospel in the world. And we want to we want to talk about that that with you. Um, I wonder if we could just walk through your your mission statement for the ministry over uh, in Sydney and just uh, draw out a few things from there. Um, so I'm going to read that, and then uh, we'll we'll focus in on a few points. So. Uh, what you say about the mission of Campus Bible Study is prayerfully proclaiming the crucified Christ as Lord of all. We evangelise, teach, train and send each other as God's servants into all the world. Um, let's just pick up, pick up on a few points of that, uh, Carl. So firstly, prayerfully proclaiming the crucified Christ as Lord of all. Why is that the, the starting point in any ministry and in student ministry? Yeah, um, I guess the first... The first word um, is, is pretty important, um, prayerfully. We, we know that anything that happens in our ministry only happens because God makes it happen. Our clever ideas and clever strategies are all nothing unless God does his work in people's hearts by his word and spirit. And so we want to be prayers. We want to be people who pray for God and depend upon God in prayer. Then the rest of that line, proclaiming the crucified Christ as Lord of all, really that's the gospel. Um, the gospel is the gospel message is that Jesus has died on the cross for the sins of humanity, but he has not stayed dead. He has risen and is now, right now, Lord of all the universe. 
He's been enthroned at the right hand of God. And that means everyone must give an account to him for their lives. And so we would like people to be able to face Jesus, being, having been purified by his blood, shed in sacrifice and being redeemed by that blood rather than having to face him and his judgment for rebellion against him. Hmm. And this next part, Carl, we evangelize, teach and train. I wonder if we just focus on those things. What does that look like to uh, be evangelizing, teaching and training university students particularly? Yes, and so we do all of those things through the gospel. Uh, so that, that proclaiming the crucified Christ as Lord of all, that's how we do the evangelism, it's how we do the teaching, it's how we do the training. Um, obviously, we know that the gospel uh, needs to be spoken to those who don't know Jesus. Um, that's a key task of any ministry. But particularly university ministry, um, people come to university and they're at an age where they're thinking about what kind of adult they're going to be, what kind of grown up they're going to, to be. And so it's a great opportunity for us to put the, the good news of Jesus in front of them through evangelism so that they might have the opportunity to repent of their sin and respond to the Lordship of Jesus by making him their Lord and receiving his salvation. So we're pretty serious about evangelism being an important part of, of, of any ministry, and particularly our ministry. Um, but we also recognise that university is a great time to teach those who do follow Jesus and to grow them as followers of the Lord Jesus I don't think there's a better time of your life than your university years to grow deep roots in God's word, to understand who you are in God's universe and what God has done for you. So in a sense, uh, university is a great opportunity for students to learn deeply um, of all the, the beautiful things that God is teaching us in the Bible. So that's evangelize, teach. And in the third, the third verb there is train. We... Uh, have the wonderful opportunity at our ministry to train students for service in the kingdom. Um, we recognise that most of our students will go on to be key members of churches or perhaps even leaders of churches and so we want to start training them in the key skills that they will need for the rest of their life. Things like how to share the gospel with someone who doesn't understand it, how to read the Bible with another person, how to lead a Bible study group, how to how to do Christian ethics, how to understand the Bible's ethical position so you can make decisions on really hard things like life and death issues, like um, uh, gender issues. They, they all come back to an ethical understanding that flows from the Bible and so we want to equip our students really well so they can make good ethical decisions. So training um, is a really important part of our ministry to build those well well kind of well equipped christians who can then go out and serve in churches for the rest of their lives that's great to hear and that's something that i think we we're praying for here as well and we're seeing encouragements in that in a lot of ways so we, we received an email from an australian uh, former student recently um who said she'd been here for a term um with our student ministry and she was just immensely grateful for that term of teaching that has equipped her for uh, life and ministry now in back in Australia. Um, that is fantastic. And I'm seeing that mm. as I relate to students in your ministry, in the, the, the Campus Bible Talk, as I relate to trainees, I'm seeing that depth of maturity in them that comes from a depth of teaching and training in your ministry. So it's just a joy to see students being really well equipped. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And, and it's a reminder, I guess, that 
it's for people who go. We want the training for people who go. But also that training is really important for people who stay. So a lot of our children's group leaders, growth group leaders have been through our student ministry and have had that deep teaching and training. Um, I remember yeah, just on that, yeah. um, that's what we see in the New Testament, isn't it? It's interesting, the Apostle Paul is a bit of a goer. He's, he's sent out by various churches and he couldn't do what he was doing without the various churches who partnered with him. And you see it in all his letters. You can see it in Philippians chapter 1. Um, if I can just read a little verse there. You know, right at the start of this letter, he says in verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And we could go to Romans 15 and, and see Paul speaking to the Romans about how he wants them to partner with him in going to Spain. It's, you need that strong church support and you need to be those you, you need to be going at the same time don't you mm. it's a team game we we need all of us working to do god's mission in the world mm. some of us do it from home base some of us need to do it by leaving home base mm. that's very helpful i think we as a church family we we feel a bit of the the cost of that yeah um i wondered if we could just sort of think about that for a minute what are some of the costs involved in student ministry we want to partner in this way yeah. but yeah. there are also challenges to be a church who focuses time on students there's challenges in terms of finances that yep. need to go towards it yeah what are some of the other perhaps costs or challenges of being involved in student ministry yeah there, there are genuine costs because whenever we focus ministry on a particular group of people or whenever we want to reach a particular group of people or particularly train a group of people we are actually saying that this ministry is not just about me and this ministry is not just for me to get my needs met but isn't the gospel beautiful there because the gospel tells us that's what our lord was was all about the Son of Man came not to be served, not for it to be all about his needs being met. He came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so when we understand the gospel, I think we understand when ministry isn't all about me and my needs, but it might be focused somewhere else that I'm not specifically involved with. But because I care about Jesus being honoured, and because I care about people knowing him and growing to serve him, I can actually... Because, of, because Jesus has shown me that selfless example, I can rejoice in ministry that focuses on others and I, it doesn't have to be all about me. So isn't it beautiful that the gospel frees me from my stupid egocentric selfishness and says I can rejoice that uh, our, our church is not just on about ministry to me. Our church is on about ministry to others who perhaps are different to me. Hmm. That's very helpful. And it comes back to proclaiming the crucified Christ as Lord of all. And I think once we've got that, we start to see that wider vision. Yeah. This life is not about me. It's That's about right. Yeah. Jesus trains us. We're trained through the gospel to grow to be like our Lord. Mm. Um, coming to the next bit of your um, mission statement, Carl. Um, we evangelise, teach, train and send each other as God's servants into all the world. Well, if you could just explain that a little bit, what does that, what does that mean? Why is that a, yeah. an aim of, of any ministry? Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the world is not full of healthy, strong gospel ministries. Um, I wish it was, and Jesus would be honoured uh, if it was, but 
uh, sin and human rebellion mean that uh, even the very bodies of, of God's people in some places do not honour Jesus. Uh, the churches that have been established to honour Jesus don't always honour Jesus. And isn't that a tragedy? Um, however, God has, um, God has always been about um, loving his people and his people serve others because the gospel shapes us to do that. And so we have the opportunity to help people whose, whose churches perhaps aren't teaching the truth about Jesus. We have the opportunity to take the, the good news of Jesus and the, the beauty of a relationship with Jesus to people who at the moment have been robbed of that because people haven't spoken the truth from the Bible. They haven't focused on the gospel transforming their lives. And so I guess we send students who are well-trained, well-equipped so that they can be part of a solution where there have been problems, where there's less gospel truth available because churches aren't teaching the word. So um, what, if we've been blessed in strong churches that teach the truth well, some of us can be equipped to go and take that blessing to others. Now, interestingly, if we do send people to do that, we're going to need to strengthen home base, like we said before, because, you know, the Apostle Paul was sent and, and supported by those churches. We might be the churches, the ones who stay, who support those who go. And so I guess one of the ways we do that back in our ministry in Sydney is a thing we call stay well or go well. We, being a university ministry that really is just focused on university students, we need some grads and some oldies to hang around to be those mature voices that uh, the, the students can look up to, can, can seek example from, can listen to. But um, we don't want just anyone to be those voices. So we actually want graduates of our ministry to work out whether they're going to be the stayers who stay well or the goers who go well. We don't want people to fall into the middle of just staying around because, well, they're still here. We want active people in God's mission, um, whether they're the group that stay to help us build for the future or the group that go to take the blessing and share it with others. That's great. And as, as part of that, we're also going to be uh, inviting some people to give up their lives and serve the gospel in a paid ministry position as well. I mean, we're all called to give up our lives for Christ and serve him. But we also want to be encouraging some towards full-time paid gospel ministry. I wonder if you just explain how we might do that in, yeah, in our ministries. Yeah. And this is because um, the way God chooses to take his beautiful gospel to the nations is through people who will speak it and pastors who will teach it. And uh, so hopefully if the gospel has shaped us to be generous and other person-centered, Hopefully we don't sit around arguing about who's the most important in the mission, whether it's the full-time minister who leads the congregation or it's the, the, the general population of the, the general members of church who are... You know, we, we don't need to argue about who's more important because in you know, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the church as a body that has many members. All are equally important, but there is... There is a task that's got to be first and foremost for all of us, and that is edifying, building up the body through the work, through the word being taught. And I guess when I'm talking to our students, I talk about first job and second job. It's really popular now to have uh, multiple jobs. Uh, 
to to wear to be what is it a slashy i'm you know this slash this um and so i want to encourage every christian that they are already a slashy in in some way or another because your first job if you are a christian is to live for jesus to serve him with everything you've got that is your most important job that is your uh, key job that is what should define your life um i'm not saying full-time ministry i'm saying every one of us every christian is to our first job is to serve Jesus. Now, some of us are going to need a second job as well. We're going to need a slash. And that second job might be shop assistant, it might be lawyer, it might be uh, in commerce or whatever. Um, but it's really helpful, I think, for my students to recognise that that, sometimes called a career, that's their second job. That's not the focus of their lives. If they're in Christ, their first job is to serve Jesus. And so, ironically, they might be doing their first job only for three, four, five hours of their week, and they might be doing their second job for 50 hours a week. But they still need to remember that their first job is to live for Jesus. Now, because churches need pastors, and because the world needs missionaries who can speak the gospel, we need some of us who are suitably equipped by God um, with, with the gifts that we need to teach the word, we need some of us to give up those second jobs, in a sense, to focus on the first job. And so um, why I speak in this first job, second job language is that I want us all to see that we all share the same first job, the same important mission, God's mission in the world, is to honour Jesus by his word being taught, by the gospel being taken out. Some of us then are going to support that mission with a second job, Others of us are going to be freed up from our second job so that we can put all our time into doing that first job as pastors, missionaries, teachers. They're all equally important. None of us are more valuable or less valuable to God. We're all equally valuable, but we've all got that important first task of serving Jesus by teaching his word. Tomorrow we're going to be at our spare conference at church where we're going to be talking about these things with our students. And I think the way we've structured the talks is the first one is uh, gospel life for all. Mm. First job. Nice. Second one, gospel ministry for some. Great. And calling some into that Great. ministry. So last question for you, Carl, um, is what would be your encouragement to us here as we're involved in student ministry? Yeah, I've, I've loved watching your ministry. I've loved your heart for students. And I just think it's such a helpful way to focus on, as, as a church that really wants to um, work in student ministry, you can not only be a great blessing to members of your church, but you can be a great blessing to the rest of the UK and the rest of the world. Um, you'll need to keep the home fires strong and you'll need to keep focusing on doing a really good job of the ministry here. As you, uh, as you particularly train up university students. But your university students are going to go to the world and some of them need to stay here to help you keep doing it well, but many of them will go beyond you and they will be a great blessing to, to others as they are well-equipped, well-trained, well-taught to speak the gospel. So I guess I want to encourage you. I've seen great ministry happening here, great ministry done with students. And I want to encourage you to see your position in that as a real privilege, a real honoured position in God's work in the world. And I want you to keep at it and keep persevering, keep honouring Jesus by teaching his word faithfully, by loving his gospel and by living it out. And uh, look at what God can do 
in in the years to come keep at it thanks so much carl it's been great to chat to you and it's been great to have you here in lancaster for these few days Uh, thank you if you've been listening to this podcast we might have some more on different topics in the future uh, but we'll say bye for now thanks bye